Hey, looking for something to read? Tired of all those published authors with their fancy publishing deals and books you have to pay for? Check out Bob Moore, No Hero by Tom Andre. It's free. It's short. And there are two full-length sequels you can pay for if you're into that sort of thing. Bob Moore. Find out more about the PI that investigates superheroes at www.tomandry.com slash books. Welcome to another edition of AV Rant. I'm Tom Andry and I'm here with... Rob H., this is AV Rant. It's your home theater and AV questions answered. But today, we have a special interview episode. This is with Phil Jones. He is the director of global training at Sound United. Although we found out he pretty much just calls himself like an evangelist of all things audio video over at Sound United. So yeah, that's coming up. So we will, uh, this podcast was pre-recorded for the holidays because Rob and I will both be uh, busy with family and I will be out of town for at least part of it. So uh, we're not going to be doing, uh, you know, the listeners of the week and that sort of thing. Don't worry. All you listeners of the week that happened over the holidays, we will get to you when we There'll get back. There'll be a deluge when we're back in the new year 2020. We hope there's already. a deluge. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there will be. <laughs> we're looking for our, our hundredth listener, uh, our hundredth patrons over at patreon.com. Yeah. So if you, this is AV Rant, the podcast that answers your home theater and AV questions. If you'd like to get your question answered on the podcast, all you have to do is ask. You ask by emailing us at question at avrant.com. Go to avrant.com and, uh, Leave us a comment there. The www screws me up every time. He <laughs> just say it. It's all right. It'll I can't work. say. I'm if trying not to. If someone types www, it'll be fine. Facebook.com slash avrant podcast. YouTube.com slash avrant. Uh, you're welcome to contact us directly. It's Rob at avrant.com. His Twitter is at First Reflect. I'm Tom at avrant.com. My Twitter is at avrant underscore Tom. Mm-hmm. And uh, to let people know, this was conducted via Skype. We weren't able to get Phil's video, but uh, there is a video version up on YouTube. But it's it's pretty much just Tom and, and my head side by side. So that, that ain't much to look at. You might just listen to the audio of this one. But yeah, if you want to check it out, YouTube.com. You can decide ABR. how you want to picture Phil. Either Greek Adonis or... <laughs> You know, geek like the rest of us. You decide. <laughs> so let's get right into the interview with Phil. I'd like to welcome Phil Jones, Director of Global Training for Sound United to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Phil. Hello. How are you guys? We are doing well. Doing really well. Thanks so much for being here, Phil. We're looking forward to talking to you. Yes. Right, I wish I could see you, but yeah. I can. <laughs> <laughs> that is Skype. Yeah. We we are familiar with uh, Skype problems in interviews. So uh, That's right. well, well tread ground here. It is a podcast, so many people, most people consume this audio only, so that'll be fine. Yes. Uh, let's uh, start off with, Phil, if you can tell us a little bit about Sound United and what Sound United is. Okay, so Sound United is a, um, a group of brands. Think of us like the Volkswagen group. When you, look at te- when you look at cars, you know, Volkswagen owns Volkswagen, Audi, Porsche, Lamborghini, Ducati, um, Bentley. Um, each brand is its own entity. Uh, it's just under one umbrella to help with some manufacturing efficiencies. When you look at Sound United, we're the same thing as an audio company. So we are, we are, we are the, we, our group consists of um, Marantz, Denon, Polk Audio, Definitive Technology, Class A, um, Boston Acoustics, and we even had a sub-brand called Heos by Denon. But most times you just hear that as um, Heos products. So it allows us to um, to um, to take common things that would be found and that you would expect in any AVR, such as um, HDMI switching or uh, or uh, or something like that. People expect that, but that does not define the character of a product. Just like if you bought a car, everybody every car should have good navigation, but that does not separate a Porsche from a Lamborghini. So, so we could take things that are common, that are um, expected, such as um, really good wi- wireless audio and and HDMI switching, and we can make sure that we we combine those um, engineering resources. But then we take the things that make each product unique, and and that engineering team gets to focus on their particular brand. There's a sound master for Denon. There's a sound master for for Marantz. There's a different engineering team for both the, for Polk, and there was one for Definitive. So each brand has their own team, but they don't have to focus on the small stuff that has to happen. They can mm-hmm. focus on the big things that make their brand unique. And that means uh, ultimately better prices for customers, right? Yeah, better economies of scale. If you're um, 
if you're if you're looking at buying DDA converters or or IC chips, it's a, um, for a switcher um, and a receiver. It's a, um, you can get a much bigger, better deal when you're buying for multiple brands than sure. if you're buying um, for a single brand. If you look at a Denon and a Marantz, um, about seventy percent of the parts are shared, but those 70% of parts are the little itty bitty chips and resistors you right. see in a wireless module or a Bluetooth transmitter or a Bluetooth um, receiver, or like something like the little parts that are in a Helios module that the, the wire our wireless music distribution. The other 30% is what makes the sound. And those are, and that stuff is completely unique from the transformers down. All right. Well, Phil, uh, after that great introduction of the company, let's meet you. Uh, Phil, if you could introduce yourself and describe the position that you have at Sound United. <sighs> um, product evangelist. <laughs> okay. I, get the, I, I guess that's the best way to explain it. Um, I've been in the industry for about nearly three decades. Always been a sound guy. Started off as a submarine sonar tech. Hmm. And then I went to work for... Um, a couple of uh, a few retailers, and then off to um, uh, about five to six five to six years at uh, Yamaha Electronics, and then I spent a decade at at Sony as the product technology manager for all AV and um, audio video products, and then I have joined Sound United. I've been here approximately um, two years now, um, uh, responsible for basically working with the engineers. And and then just trying to take that technical information about our, our great products and make it easy for the press, the customer, and the salesperson to understand. Awesome. All right. Well, we always ask all of our guests about their own personal home theater. So what you got, Phil? What's your gear? <laughs> um, well, well, because... Um, uh, I work for an AV company. The, the old expression: you get the stuff, you get a lot of stuff for free. Um, so, so I have, a, I have, I do have a kind of a theater room, and in my theater room is um, a pair of Wilson Watt Puppy Sevens with the Wilson Center. Um, couldn't afford all the rest, so the rest of it is the rest of the sound is definitive. Mm -hmm. So it's um, seven point one point four, actually five point one point four. Um, so it's uh, definitive ultimate in wall in ceilings, um, two super cube eight thousands, um, uh, definitive demand D elevens in the back. Um, that is driven by an AV eighty eight hundred five Marantz ah. um, integrated <laughs> <Nice>. with um, <laughs> um, using a PM ten to drive my um, my Marantz PM ten to drive my Wilsons um, a M an M eighty M eighty seventy seven seven channel amp to drive all of the, the rest of the speakers. Um, I have an Apple I have, and because I have to test everything, I have an Apple TV. Uh, a 4K Roku, a media PC, a um, an Opal 203, a Sony um, X1000 um, Blu-ray player. Um, the list goes on and on and on. It's a good and thing you I got a lot of a, HDMI yeah. inputs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, the, the the display is a 75 Sony X900F. Nice. I used to work in video, so I get the stuff for free. <laughs> and then um, and then and then um, at nighttime when I need a bigger picture, I drop uh, an SI 120 inch black. Um, slate 0.8 and i have a um, sony vw um 665 um 4k yep, genuine 4k <laughs> yeah and then on the on the on the sly um as for for beer money i actually do projector reviews ah. so i have every I, so i get projectors that come in and a house everything from the new um jvc nx7s to sony's to to epson so kind of a nice little system and that and that's um, that's only one room so i have like i have like a couple of of, of hi-fi systems sure. and some other things scattered around but i have a lot of gear that that is pretty tricked out that is that is nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, 25 years you start collecting stuff That's yeah, how we hear you. <laughs> <laughs> well when this all started uh, i wanted to mention right away uh we were contacted by uh, a lovely woman named amy catzell who uh set up this interview so thanks to amy <laughs> because uh, this interview wouldn't have taken place if she hadn't set it all up and, and, and yes. thank her for being persistent because i usually ignore the first emails i get from anybody <laughs> so it took it took yes. the second email before i was like wait this is not one of those it's not spam you know spam <laughs> things this is like a real person so. Well, it's, it, well, it's kind of it's kind of cool because um, it's nice to talk to passionate um, audio people. Well, thank you. Um, be, because um, even and even your audience, like mm -hmm. there's different type. Um, the, my biggest struggle in life is trying to convince people that there's something better. Um, <laughs> a lot of times, people are starting to look at AV like milk. 
Mm-hmm. It's it's all the same, <laughs> and that little um, that little um, Google um, Amazon dot is enough for my music. Right. You know, um, right. just the TV speakers is enough for my sound. And then and once they realize that there's something better, you start chasing that better, mm-hmm. and then you get and then there's a level of curiosity that comes. And and I can I can see that in your audience and you guys. Um, um, about the questions you're asking, um, you know, that, that there's a, that there's a serious, um, uh, uh, quest for knowledge because you guys want to, people are looking for better stuff. Oh yeah. We get into it. And right along what you just mentioned, uh, right at the top, Amy mentioned to us when we started all this, that something that Sound United would like to discuss, and we're going to get right into it first is, you know, there's more and more streaming and download services. They're focusing on higher quality audio, lossless audio, like Tidal is offering, uh, high res offerings are coming out mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. you know there's a recent example it's amazon music hd you know that's a, mm-hmm. a big player getting into that market yes. so how yes. is sound united now poised to help its customers get the most out of these higher quality streaming music services we know you're partnered with amazon music hd for example yes exactly so so like i said our, our slogan has all um basically is um um uh, it's about music it's always been about music um, we so so um we have always been trying to push um for higher and higher quality um streaming um services they used to used to have to sacrifice performance for convenience mm. um whether it was um a thousand songs in your pocket on an ipod compressed <laughs> or, or your internet service would not couldn't support um, uh, higher um, um, data, so you would can have a hundreds and hundreds of songs streaming compressed. Right now, hard drives are bigger, um, pi- uh, uh, internet speeds are faster, so now you do not have to sacrifice um, performance for um, for convenience. And and that means that they can, um, the services are um, r- increasing um, every time you turn around. Because uh, even if you don't support MQA on Title, if you just go into your app and set it to um, to basically a maximum that your system will support, almost everything on Title is going to be CD quality. Right. If you go into something like Amazon. Um, Music H, um, HD Music, their ultra service, um, that stuff can be 24192. There's very few places where you can even buy that um, as a piece of physical, physical media. So the, con- the, the quality is there. If you look at streaming, there's two t- I say there's two types of rooms that people are putting streaming music in. Rooms that they listen to music passively mm-hmm. and rooms where they listen to it actively. Passively means while you're cooking dinner and you're shooting pool and you're barbecuing. It's not your main focus. Mm-hmm. Um, those rooms, um, we, uh, there's lots of solutions that, um, that Sound United as well as other companies offer just to have that background music playing in the background. But there's going to be some times where you seriously, seriously want to sit down and actively listen with a glass of wine or beer or a lemonade to your favorite artist or musician. And, and that's where that quality really, really starts to, um, to matter. So we try to make sure, like on our heels system, is always being able to support um, higher res formats. So as we're adding things like um, Amazon um, Music uh, Ultra HD and all those types of things, um, you're getting to be able to take advantage of more and more of that stuff as well. All right. So, and along with the uh, Amazon Music HD, there's a big push from Dolby to expand the Dolby Atmos music content. But it, right mm-hmm. now, it's only their own Echo Studio speaker that can play it. When is Denon, Marantz, Heos, all those brands going to start supporting Dolby Atmos streaming. Um, that, that's a good. That is a very. That is a very good question. Uh, I mean, like we're always looking for ways to um, add the latest um, surround sound, f- um, the latest formats. But that's going to be something that's. Um, it's kind to. It's kind of hard to say because mm. that's more of an engineering question. Mm. I know that. Um, you got to remember that um, our main support, our main focus when when we built our, our current system has been two channel high resolution music distribution. So now we have to make sure that, and now we're talking about a multi-channel platform. I'm sure they're looking at it, um, but I can't tell you. Um, I have I'm I'm a, I'm a poor little training guy, so I don't really know how they're how they're working on implementing it. But if you look at most of the formats that have been out there, whether it has been the the, the launch of Dolby Atmos and DTSX and IMAX Enhance mm-hmm. and Ultra HD Music, um, Sound United has always been one of the leaders when it comes to those types of formats. That's the benefit of having multiple brands and having and, and combining some of those engineering resources to push that envelope. So if anybody's going to do it, it it's probably going to be us. 
Um, but we just have to see about, it's all about customer demand, um, how much content is available. Um, and um, is, that, is that, where do we put our engineering resources um, to give the customer the best bang for your buck? Mm. And, um, and, it's a, and it's a good format. It's yeah. just, <laughs> can they get to it? You know? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't know if, you're, if you'll be able to answer just to dig into that a little bit because I, on the Heo side, it totally makes sense that you would almost need to release an entirely new product because those yes, are right. two-channel. But for the AV receivers, I mean, clearly they already decode Atmos when it coming from yes. you know a disc or from your Apple TV 4K or something like mm. that. So mm. there it would be as though you're having to, say, introduce a new app that could maybe be done by a firmware update. We know the receiver is capable of decoding an Atmos format, but is it different when it's coming specifically from Amazon Music HD? I don't know if you would have any insight well, well, on that. The- like I said, I um, I, like I said, I don't, I don't know what they're, how, what, what mm-hmm. magic they're working on, but yeah, but you gotta remember that, uh, and like we talk about economies of scale. Yeah. So the heels module, that if you um, is, um, instead of making a dozen different heels transmitter and um, receivers for a dozen different products and a dozen different apps, um, in order to make it more efficient, is whether you buy an eighty eight hundred five or you buy a Denon uh, um, S, uh, um, S-Series right. um, 9750, 740, that is the, that is the same heels, mm. pretty much the same heels board. That board, had, you know, the question is, um, that board was built for two-channel. Right. Is there a way to implement the transmitter to feed the multi-channel yeah. <laughs> to the unit's decoder? So it's all, that's more about the topography of mm. the receiver, and that's way beyond my, um, right. my food chain. Um, but like I said, I know that as soon as we saw, as soon as I saw it, I thought it was cool. Right. Um, we'll, so, so we'll see. Um, um, I know that they're thinking about it. Um, we're always um, want, we're always looking at adding new and um, exciting features to upcoming products. I mean, um, like such as everybody, of course, we're going to have to add HDMI 2.1, mm-hmm. and 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 also. Um, <laughs> And as they, I'm sure as they go through those other design processes, they'll be looking at um, ways to actually make sure that they can add multi-channel music capability. Well, it's a pretty safe, future models. Pretty safe bet then, future models exactly that. Uh, yeah, and then they can see if that on. can be backwards compatible. Right. But if you look at it, we're very good. As if if um, Yamada-san, who's kind of our um, uh, big head of our head of um, AVRs, and whenever he has the opportunity to put um, a tech to backdate a technology, he will do that awesome. until you get to the until you get to the point where the um, the physical processing capabilities. Or or the physical layout of the, of the AVR would not allow you. So believe me, if we can do it, we will do it. Awesome. Let, I'm going to go off script again. So <laughs> just let, this is something that's going to happen. I'm sorry. But no, as, as I'm listening fine. to you, one of the things we talk about in the podcast a lot of times, people are asking us about future. You know, when will a receiver get X, or mm-hmm. when will you know there be an update? You know, can this be backwards compatible? And a lot of times we're having to. You know, we're, we're saying the same thing you're saying, which is, I mean, if they could do it, they would do it. If they could do it now, they do it now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, what's a receiver's production cycle? Like, from the time when you guys start working on a new receiver model to the time it starts, it hits the, the just like a general number of years, number of months. How long does it take for you guys to say, okay, we're done with, you know, the, you know, you know the eighty five oh five or whatever you know whatever one you're doing. <laughs> when are we going to? We're working on the next one now, or you know okay. the the, the four thousand model. We're going to look at the forty forty ten. How long does it take to go from okay, it's time to start working on the next model to that model hits the market? That is a very good question, and the fact that I've actually worked for three other companies that make AVR or three companies that make AVRs, I will tell you when you walk in the store the day to buy the, that new receiver that just came out, mm-hmm. they're working on the one two years okay. after that. That's so, what I thought. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> saying so, it, I've been saying it for five years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because because what ends up happening is the tech, let's, um, a lot of times what drives um, AVRs, especially if you look at high end pieces, like I have a PM10, a yeah. PM10 or a high five piece can live in a model lineup for five, six, seven years. Yeah. Because big integrateds are basically big dumb boxes. They take little <laughs> pieces of voltage and make them really, really big. Yeah. The things that normally um, affect um, and make you want to replace your AVR is normally either new surround sound formats or new video formats. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the video is moving far more rapidly. <laughs> um, because if you look at it, we've went, we've added, um, we went from Dolby to um, Dolby Digital to um, adding a few more channels to Adobe Digital, and then we went to Atmos. Mm-hmm. In that time, they went from 
HD to 3D to 4K to HDR to Adobe Vision to you know what I mean. So, yep, right. so a lot we of do. times, what what ends up happening that that ha- leads to that, um, we need to make a change is more about the AV side of the mm. business. A lot of times, if you look at the the underlying amplification that oh, is yeah. found in a receiver, that um, that amplification could live for five or six. Sure. Um, of, two or three iter- uh, models, it's just the video switching and the on-screen displays, and now we want apps built in, and now we don't <laughs> want apps built in, and, and that's the stuff that continues to change, and so those engineers have to prepare for that. Like, everybody's been preparing for HDMI 2.1. From, they knew We knew it was coming. Everybody knew it was coming for two years. I guarantee you, everybody's been working on those receivers, and everybody's just waiting for the board so they can put them right. in. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, so. you just talked about how we went through the advancements of uh, of audio formats, and if you only listen to our podcast, which, of course, everyone should, but if, if that's all you did, <laughs> you would think everybody on Earth has an Atmos setup, and the three of us are, are great examples. Phil has an Atmos setup. I have an Atmos setup. Tom has an Atmos setup. But- Reluctant- reluctantly, I must say. <laughs> I have a. I'm reluctant on the Atmos, but go on. But I mean, yeah. almost every model in Denon and, and uh, Marantz's uh, receiver lineup, except for maybe the what is the 540? I think is the only one yeah. that that yeah. doesn't do Atmos. So, but how many do you, do you have any statistics on how many Sound United customers are actually using yeah. immersive audio formats, be it Atmos or DTSX or Oro 3D? Because you're one of the few companies that supports Oro 3D built in these days too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can. Um, I don't have that. I can. I'm going to actually ask my. Um, uh, uh, the head of engineering that question, <laughs> but I will tell you that um, I, I, um, we would say the majority of people don't even have a sound bar. Right. So, so if you look at um, <laughs> um, the amount of people that even have any kind of surround sound, it's it's probably twenty percent of the of the market out there. There's a the, um, um, we are enthusiasts are not the majority. Right. Um, uh, and, and like I said, my biggest struggle is always trying to convince people that there's something better. Get them to go from the TV speakers to two speakers and a receiver or a sound bar. And then they realize that something they can get it better. And then they end up in a few years like us with <laughs> the um, with the multiple channels of audio. So it's still kind of a um, a um, we're still in the minority. The, the, mm-hmm, the, yeah. the, and and it's important for um for that's why Sound United and, and other A V companies are also trying to do other things such as um um sound bars, sound bars with wireless right. rear, sound bars with Atmos to try to get people a taste of it yeah. and uh and, and try to bring those people in because a lot of times everybody when they hear it understands the benefit of it. But where am I gonna put all those speakers <laughs> and where am I gonna put those big black that big black box? You know, and how who and how much do you want to charge to run the wires in the ceiling and in the back and and um and you want me to cut additional holes in my ceiling or you want me to put speakers on top of speakers? So so this so each time we're trying to make it easier. First it was, you know, you're starting to see um um height enabled speakers, virtual I think virtual yes. You'll see a you'll see a, a much well. That was a new a feature this year, right? Uh, Atmos virtualization, which sort of catches them up to DTSX had virtual yeah. X last year, and now Atmos it, has virtualization. So, yeah, exactly. And our pieces now, like before, if you had a um, if you didn't have an um, Atmos enabled speakers mm-hmm. or um, at either they were Atmos no height enabled or in ceilings, it, it, um, when it would saw the Atmos, it wouldn't give it to you. Now it defaults out. The new ones are going to default out of the box, and when it sees Atmos, it's on a it's going to automatically default to virtual atmos mm-hmm. unless you tell it unless you tell it to stop yeah so you'll start seeing more as it gets more and more convenient you'll see more and more um adoption so convenience uh, and placement is what's limiting the adoption and you really have to be committed to a theater um to com- to to get into these immersive systems but we have to cater to those customers yeah. as well. Right. Well, I think I'm going with- to skip Go over Tom on this one because I, I wanted to know the answer to this next question, and then Tom wants to know the answer to the question after this. So we're going to go out of sequence. I was going to suggest that, but before you say yes. that, I, you know, one of the things that we deal with all the time on this podcast, because if you've listened to the podcast, you know we're nothing but Q&A. People huh? send in questions, and we answer their questions. So this last week, it was all settings. It you sure know, how, to, how, do I, how to set up my TV to get the best picture. But a lot of times, it's... How do I soundproof my room? How do I you know, do yes. And we'll get questions in constantly. Like, I don't want Atmos. I'm not interested in it, but 
you know, I want to have surround sound. What's my best option? And we start talking about that sort of thing. So having, you know, especially if somebody's just in the family room and they're like, oh, I want to, you know, what do I do for my family room? And it's, you know, a great room in the, you know, what we call here Florida room. Mm-hmm. And it's massively open to everything. And I'm like, well, just get a sound bar. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're not, you're not going to great, get great audio in there. It's all tile and, and wood and hard floors and nobody, you know, hard walls. And nobody wants mm-hmm. to put up a new room treatment. Mm-hmm. So. You know, get a sound bar. It'll be fine. So, yeah, exactly. you know, I think all these products do have a place in the market. And, a, you know, there are – I know we – I feel like an echo chamber on this podcast when it comes to Atmos. <laughs> but the reality is most people – I I've talked to people, you know, just – you know, friends and stuff. I'm like, have you ever heard of Ultra HD? And they look at me blankly. <laughs> like, no idea it exists. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, I always, we always say do not remove, reduce. So mm-hmm. we'd love it if you start big, but it, you need something. The old, there's an old, the wise man once said audio without video is just surveillance, you know? <laughs> so, so you, you need the, the, the director spent as much, almost as much time on the sound as he did mm-hmm. on the picture. And you, you need something. So let's figure out what that something is. And a lot of times we tell salespeople when I talk to them, start with speakers first. Hmm. If you yeah. point at a four foot tall speaker and he goes, ah, okay, <laughs> everything else gets a little easier, right? Yeah. That, yeah, means, yeah, yeah, that yeah. means, okay, if you don't have a problem with a four foot speaker, you're not going to have a problem with a black box to go in the room and a center channel and everything else. <laughs> but if I point at a tiny itty bitty bookshelf and you go too big, too big, mm. you know, <laughs> then it means, okay, now we're going to go to sound bars or in walls and stuff like that. So a lot of times um, it's, it's always, if you, it's, it starts, start with speakers first. Cause that's normally the biggest um, objection mm-hmm. uh, from someone in the family. And then you can go from there. And then, and then, um, but even if you look, but we need, they need to have something. Yep. And, and that's, and that's the big thing. You need something and just figure out how much, Will, will your house or your cosmetic right. desire, what, what will it bear? <laughs> well, we're going to get into Odyssey here a little bit. Uh, we continue to be fans of Odyssey and Den and Amaranth support that uh, mm-hmm. room correction cool. program. Uh, and I'm going to go like crazy geeky immediately. I'm not even going to mm-hmm. intro the thing because our listeners mm-hmm. are familiar with it. Mm-hmm. The implementation that Odyssey has in Den and Amaranth's receivers right now, mm-hmm. it is 24-bit, 48 mm-hmm. kilohertz sampling. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we've often tried to explain on this podcast why, I mean, you'll see the bigger and bigger bit depths, the bigger and bigger sampling rates, like, you know, you can have 36-bit, uh, 384 kilohertz sampling, but we've tried to mm-hmm. explain why that's not actually necessary to capture the entire range of human hearing, that CD mm-hmm. quality, if mastered properly, can contain what humans can hear, basically. But the mm-hmm. bigger numbers are still out there, and they're still marketed, and then some people look into Odyssey and they're like, wait a second, if I use Odyssey, it's quote unquote limiting me to 24-bit 48 kilohertz. You know, it's a lower number. So is there anything you could say to set customers' minds at ease that high-res audio is, we've always said we're okay with high-res audio because if that's how it was mastered, then give it to us that way, please. You know, the, okay. the fewer okay, changes, so, the better type of thing. <laughs> okay, so there's a couple of things. Most of the time, the Odyssey when we, it, it's more for equalization mm-hmm. Of multi of of multi channel and most of the multi channel stuff is not in that insane resolution. Yeah, it just is like Blu rays okay. are twenty four so, bit uh, forty eight kilohertz. That's exactly. that's what Blu rays so, are. So a lot of times, what you're using the Odyssey for is um, leveling of all of your channels, um, EQing out nulls and mm-hmm. peaks that are caused by one subwoofer or multiple subwoofers, um, uh, timbre matching speakers that may not be of the same um, brand mm-hmm. or placed in the wrong direction. So a lot of the lo- positions, so a lot of, of the time when you use Odyssey, it's utilized um, for that application. Mm-hmm. So, so it's not as, when it comes to mega high res, um, it's not going to have any effect on it. Um, if it is mega high res, most of that mega high res, um, double DSD, five point, you know, five point six megahertz right. SACD is mostly two channel. Mm-hmm. Put the receiver in direct, and off it if goes. If that's what you're worried about, all right, I can <laughs> <Exactly>. take that. <laughs> now, exactly. Um, but I will say it, it's more about it's more about the equalization. Um, having the bigger um, um, sampling just means I have more adjustment capabilities, you know, to, uh, this is the best way to explain it to we, we, I look at it as, as we continue to add 
um, make Odyssey more and more powerful to make it um, to give you more flexibility for adjusting, adjusting for multiple subwoofers or more filters so I can or more right. e- more parametric points more that I can make manual EQ as well, like manual exactly. uh, control as well. That was exactly. Idea, yeah. Exactly. If you're talking about a bird tweeting in the back of the room, um, I don't think that if you if you're limited to 24 something, 24 bits, it's you're you're not going to say, oh my god, that bird would be so much better if it was just if it was just EQ to you know 18 megahertz. Or I something don't know. Like some that. people might. Yeah, you know, what, and that's what happens. And the biggest danger, the biggest danger is we do like to chase. We do like to chase numbers, right? And a lot of times we start chasing numbers to the point that we, um, you know, it. All the other things have a bigger effect. What kind yep. of phone? What kind of preamp system are, is built into this thing? What kind of amplification are you using? You can you can go out and buy the biggest baddest processor, <laughs> but if your if your audio equipment does not have the resolution to to utilize it, right? If you have you know, bad speakers, it's not going to overcome that. <laughs> exactly exactly if your speakers can only um like high-res speakers you can do what 48 um most of them can hit about maybe i think what's it over 48 kilohertz is the high frequency a very few yeah we're seeing a lot in the yeah. sort of 30 32 range these days exactly. as far as the upper so, limit which so we can't so hear the, so, we can't hear that exactly. <laughs> so if you if you have the ability to resolve 100 100 kilohertz <laughs> Is it? Are you really? Are you really doing it? That's what I ends up. I, I right. always say it's. You know, are you really doing? Does that really matter? Is that where the engineers should be putting their time? Mm-hmm. Well, they, or, my dog thinks so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or should they be working on um, uh, better, uh, better EQ curves, right. or or enhance, or a better preamp stage for your for your phono, or or those types of things? Is that where you should be? Where we should be putting our engineering resources? Now, it's up to Odyssey to determine how much more. Um, because you know we use their system and all the, it all as they as they evolve and we will evolve because like I said we always try to stay with the um, um, can provide better options or increase its performance. If you want to get the most out of Odyssey, by the way, I'm not sure you know you know there's an Odyssey there's an app you can get yes. for an iPhone or a um, for Android. Always, always, always use that. Mm-hmm. Because the, um, the best way to explain it is once the measurements are taken, the calculations have to be done by either the receiver or your smartphone. Your, the receiver can only allot a certain amount of processing power to make those calculations. Um, there's more processing power in your phone than what <laughs> took a man to the moon. So a lot of time, and, and well, what you can get from a laptop probably five or six years ago. So if anything can do the calculation, an iPad or a smartphone will do a better job at it. Yeah, that's the so, Odyssey then, editor app for anyone looking at that. The Odyssey editor app, yeah. 20 bucks. Yep. Um, and the nice thing about it, you get to see the before and the after. Yeah. You can look at each channel. You can have multiple ones. You could have room, um, room full of people. Mm-hmm. You can have one person in the room. And um, you can have um, – yeah, and there's so much flexibility. So if you're looking at enhancing it, um, that's the application. Our goal is – um, for Odyssey, the main reason why Odyssey is there is to take your, the room out of the equation. Mm-hmm. That's they're going to use as much processing power, and everything is about we're trying to get the uh, take the room out of the equation, so you just hear what the artist intended for you to hear, and 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 that's what the that's why that piece exists more than anything. Um, and then and then and there should be there's enough resolution that you're not gonna. I doubt you'll hear the difference between. <laughs> If we add it, diminishing returns is the best way <laughs> right. I can explain. So uh, that leads us to because Odyssey is one of the things that I personally am, you know, ha- have been uh, a great proponent of uh, over the years. Ever since I met the Odyssey guys before they really started, you know, putting out any products, it was still two EQ back in those days. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, you guys, Den and Morantz have been, you know, have always had Odyssey, or pretty much from the beginning had Odyssey. You continue to have Odyssey where other brands have dropped them for one reason or another you know are you guys is there any what's on the horizon for odyssey are we going to see an update or do you know anything about that or are you guys you know considering because drac is the new hotness right now (laughs) is that uh is that on your radar as maybe an option if odyssey doesn't continue to innovate 
Yeah, we are always looking, um, like I said, if there's a noticeable performance difference for the for what we believe the goal of a room compensation system is, um, that we they're always looking for new solutions. But right now, Odyssey has done does a great job. It continues to do a great job, and they and as, and and like I said, it has evolved along along the way, and it's more about um, user features like. Um, mm. Like one of the ones that I love is we have a couple of things. One of them is called dynamic. We have dynamic volume, which yeah. is basically the uh, a loudness control. I mean, right. not loudness control. Like, yeah, I mean, not loudness control. It's a dynamic a range. Compression. Yeah, dynamic compression. range compression. The compression. What used to be like a late night mode, but then it sounded awful. This is like much more sophisticated. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. keeping your explosions not crazy loud and the dialogue not crazy yeah. quiet. Right? Yeah, no. exactly. Didn't it? But we also have one called dynamic dynamic EQ. Yes, we're big fans and, of that. Yeah, and what it, and to me that is a that that those types of things are good because, like I said, the recordings are done at a reference level. Mm-hmm. No, most people except for maybe us will ever play it at reference level. <laughs> right. And as you turn it down, it yeah. makes adjustments to like the frequency and the gains and stuff to give you kind of what the the same impression. Yeah. So, um, so that, that's something that is important. Those types of features to me matter more. These, the new, um, there's a base setting now that allows you that, that replaces, um, base frequencies that can easily resonate through walls. Yeah, and the ones low that frequency containment. Yeah. Low frequency yeah. containment. Those types of things, it's more about the use case. So, um, so as they develop stuff, they look for things that, um, it's more about how can this enhance, fit it, um, make it sound good in a room and make it easier for you to use in your room without disturbing others. Um, those types of things are the features, are the things that our engineers look at a lot. Because it, eventually you get to the point where the, the average person or even an audio file won't be well, – it's going to be hard for, uh, in a blind test for you to hear a difference between this many, this, this many curves and that many curves. Mm-hmm. But, the, but the things such as um, uh, LF, the low-frequency containment, that's a benefit yeah. so that can be utilized. So those are the kind of things that they go along besides the, techni- the, uh, the, the, the overall capabilities – you know, at its at, at its extreme top end, we look at things that are what can be used day to day because we have to overcome customer objections first. I don't mm-hmm. care how many how much mm-hmm. resolution is in your in your room compensation. <laughs> if the boom disturbs the neighbors, I can't use the system anyway. Right. So no, thank you. And if you're not going to use know? it, then it really doesn't do you any good. So <laughs> right. exactly. <laughs> Exactly. For the next little bit, we're going to talk about HEOS. That's uh, Sound United's wireless speaker uh, system. It's the go-to if you're looking at Sound United products for for a wireless whole house uh, speaker distribution. So uh, we've been looking at the HEOS lineup. It looks as though the products that are there and available today have been here for like two, three years in some cases. And I mean, we've talked about this. We've touched on it already. You're always looking to move ahead, but can we expect a refresh in the near future? I'm looking at features like there's AirPlay 2, there's Bluetooth low latency, um, uh, adding um, perhaps you know Atmos capability. Uh, those are the types of things. Anything in the near future we can look forward to as far as Heos goes? Well, there are some new products coming that are um, that are Heos enabled mm-hmm. under the Denon lineup. If you look at the new, there's some new Denon sound bars that are coming mm. with, um, that that you will see, um, um, and of course. Um, uh, so yes, there will be some newer um, heels um, products coming, um, and you'll see us implementing that um, that system in a variety of different things. Because, like I said, once you come up with a good wireless distribution system. Mm-hmm. That should be utilized. The goal is to utilize it in all of our brands. So you, so you won't, it won't. So if you think about it, there were Heos speakers, but then there's also Marantz and Denon receivers right. with Heos built in. So you'll start. So it's becoming more of um, something that can be. It's a system that can be utilized in a variety of um, different applications in our portfolio. Because you know, digital home entertainment operating system is what Heels stands for, by the way. Huh. And and it, and the <laughs> so the goal is to good start, to know because we were wondering. <laughs> we I were wondering what who came up with Heels and how much yeah. they got paid yeah. because so, you were like, that's a weird name. <laughs> yeah. So the goal is to start adding um, to util- um, it. You'll start seeing it in more and more products that are not labeled heels okay. but are in our portfolio like Denon and Marantz and things mm-hmm. like that. And like I said, the, this new bar is coming. Um, we believe that um, there's a lot we they worked hard when they talked when they when they came up with heels because there's a couple different ways you can do wireless music distribution. Mm-hmm. One way is for the system to build its own mesh network. And there's some companies that do that. 
the the problem with that is you already have one Wi-Fi network in your house, mm-hmm. and now you're adding a second one. Most of those mesh networks operate at 2.4. Mm-hmm. With your, the same as your internet, your neighbor's internet, your microwave oven, and right. a, a, you know, and probably your cordless phone. So you're in. There's only so all that stuff kind of goes um, bounces against each other. Um, it's um, we our system. We said okay, two point four and five gig. Mm-hmm. We're going to be on the regular network. Um, that means an installer could. Um, you could. It's really easy to expand its capabilities by just adding additional access points or or things like that. I can put it up in the five gig range where no one lives, so I don't have to worry about um, having interference with my neighbors. I can go in and I can actually or pick a channel even at two point four mm-hmm. that isn't being utilized. So they looked at all of that about how can we incorporate this into a not only a house in Texas where your neighbors a mile away, but also an apartment complex. Where there's, you know, you have 30 neighbors within 50 feet of you, how, you know, how do you, how, and and that's kind of the thought process for it. We want to give you reliable, high res um, audio, right. um, in for multiple zones. The backbone and, of the system. Yeah, and and instead of building the services into the receiver, which means every time I want to add a new service, a new firmware update, mm. I can. Um, that's where the app came from because okay. if I add it to the app. Then it's added. It's backdated to the to the other devices. So so if I add a new service, um, Schmeckman Audio, um, to to the Heos app, if you have a Heos receiver, mm-hmm. I don't care if it's this year's, last year's, you get Schmeckman Audio because it's just part of the app. Oh, okay. So so it makes it easier for us to add services or refine services and things like that. That's why Amazon Music HD shows up and everything that everybody right. has CEOs now has it. It isn't like, oh, I got to do a firmware update. Or buy for... an entirely new piece of hardware. Exactly. So 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 they so they they they, they really are trying to come up with a use case that one um, that can be utilized for a long period of time. Um, two is very flexible. So whether you're one a person that wants to buy one little heels one, or like in my house, I have 10 zones or 12 zones <laughs> of, um, of wired slash wireless um, applications. I have wired, I have a, um, what's called it, um, a Heels Drive. It's a, it's a four channel, I mean an eight channel, four zone mm-hmm. um, receiver running my patio in my backyard. And then I have the receiver running a main zone. And then I have Heels um, heel speakers in right. other rooms, and then I have um, um, a Denon um, um, in the new DR800 uh, two-channel receiver running a pair of hi-fi speakers. Uh, lots and lo- and that's what makes us unique. Um, it's all of our systems use the same thing. So you can start off with a speaker, a two-channel piece, a um, a network player, an AVR, and it all will work well together. You can go and you can add 10, 16, 32 uh-huh. zones if you want to. And is there a so. place where we can find or our listeners can find all the different brands or products that are not only here but are also coming soon uh, online, some master list? Ooh, um, uh, <laughs> because we are four different brands or five different brands, right. um, you would, I mean, I would tell you to go to all the different sites. Mm. But if you go to soundunited.com, then you could it'll list all of our brands, and then you can okay. jump from brand to brand to brand to brand. The um because everybody has a lot of questions about the big uh, the uh, the return of Class A. Yes, you know mm-hmm. the big the big high end um, brand, and then what's what's coming and what's the, what's on their site, um, uh, that type of stuff. Um, of course, it's we'll we'll you know it's hard to tell you what's coming next because one I'd get, I right. would be I would be the former you know <laughs> training guy. <laughs> <laughs> if I did that. Well, but, as, um, as far as existing streaming services, though, like you mentioned how they're actually added to the Heos app as opposed to like, you know, hard wired into the uh-huh. hardware that you purchase. Uh-huh. Uh, and as far as the streaming services, is that something that uh, there is like a master list of that? Because I mean, there's always new streaming services and then sometimes a streaming service goes away. So uh, is there somewhere people could look up what what's available from that uh, Heos app? Yeah, because well, um, Heos is under the Denon umbrella. If you go to the Denon.com site mm-hmm. um, website, you'll see a, a tab for like wireless audio, okay. and it'll go in and it'll list all of the the different um, Heos oh, services that are that are that are available and um and and things like that. Cool. But like I said, we continue that we support the big ones. I mean, there's a lot of weird. If you're yeah. looking for 
death metal polka music. We don't have that streaming service, <laughs> but we support the major it's ones. It's, I'm sure it's out there. <laughs> we support the major ones because, like I said, um, one thing I've noticed from being in, at working for manufacturers for so many years is, like I said, there's only a certain amount of engineering resources. And the goal is to say, where are we going to put the engineering resources to give you the most impact? Mm -hmm. And yes, we could support that service, but would you rather have us working on Amazon Ultra HD or the heavy metal po polka music service one. <laughs> so, so there's always that um, fine balance between where do we, um, what do we do? How much do, how much, how much time do we spend um, working on adding um, features to legacy products versus pushing the envelope for new products. Right, it's always a balance. Well, we, we yeah. had a question about uh, how big can HEOs go as a whole house audio system, but you naturally answered that anyway, describing your own. And I wanted to skip right along to... Um, you know, some of the new features we've seen, like this is particularly, I think, in the 3600H from Denon that came out uh -huh. quite recently. Uh, it's uh -huh. a feature that I have been waiting to see. I was really happy to see it, which is it specifically says you can be playing surround sound, a surround sound source in your main zone, and then you can have that very same source, but as a down mix two channel version playing out of zone two, which is like, that's new for this year. Uh, you know, before uh -oh. if you were playing in zone two in stereo and you wanted the exact same source in the main zone, both zones were limited to stereo. And now you can finally yes. do surround sound main zone and a down mix version zone two. But does that extend to HEOS? And uh -oh. does that <laughs> now mean you can finally use an HDMI source through your HEOS speakers, like you plugged HDMI into your receiver, but it could send it to HEOS as a like down mix two channel zone two. Does that all work? <laughs> yeah, yes. And that was, like I said, we talked about that was a, um, something that we got from a lot of people mm -hmm. where they wanted to be able to watch the football game in surround sound yes. and then feed um, simulcast yes. that game <laughs> to the other room. So yeah. yes, you can do not only your zone two, mm -hmm. but you can also feed that to your HEO system. <sighs> awesome. So if you have eight speakers in your house, yep. it will take, it will, um, the main room will play back in DTSX uh -huh. or Atmos Whoa. or IMAX enhanced. Uh -huh. And then you can feed the, um, the, um, the heels, a down mixed stereo for the other rooms awesome. in your house. And I, I did it. I do it for college games and stuff all the mm -hmm. time now where we, or like football and, um, things like that. Uh, like we'll have a Grammy party and I'll be playing the, in the theater, you'll be playing the, the actual thing in surround. And you will be, um, you can um, do this down mix. Awesome! So that's a that's a new thing yep. for heels. That's a new piece of hardware. So that ah. is not compatible backwards compatible because that's something that could not be added. Um, that could be that, gone. That back answers to. the uh, the obvious question we know our listeners would ask: Is hey, I've got an older model. Am I going to get it via firmware? Nope, it's a hardware thing. That's yep. good to know. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that they can that we added was it now has a Bluetooth um, transmitter right. as well as a receiver. Yeah. So you can um, now um, uh, not only Bluetooth your phone to it, but also transmit to a pair of Bluetooth headphones. Yeah. Um, and because of this whole stereo um, surround sound thing, oh. you can have the sound system running in full surround oh. and uh, grandpa can't hear very well. Awesome. You can give him a pair of Bluetooth headphones right. and he will hear it in stereo. So you can actually do the same thing as well. Very cool. That has been that has actually been a question that's come up recently. Yep. <laughs> that that we had a we had a listener who has uh, one parent was hard of hearing and they were fighting over the over the volume. That's right. One, it was <laughs> way too loud for one person and too soft for the other, and they. I don't know. It was a thing. So yeah. yeah. Well, so that's yeah. That's that's something that we wanted to do, and that awesome. um, and that's another hardware thing. Cool. Right. So. You know, when we first heard of uh, not only the Heos but also uh, Yamaha's Music Cast, the first thing we thought was this would be great for wireless surrounds. Mm -hmm. uh, that was the first thing Rob and I came up with. But it was only this year that Yamaha started doing it, and to the best of our knowledge, Heos doesn't do it yet. So, are we going to see that in the future with uh, wireless surrounds and surround backs? <sighs> that um, that goes back to um, we've. There's been debate um, <laughs> um, about about that particular thing because you got to remember that by adding that, you were um, that does um require you engineering resources and sure. it there is a let's be honest there's a cost to that so the question is how many customers that are buying that have already committed to buying the big black box um is that going to be 
another feature to make them buy it to, to more likely to buy it. So, um, it seems like, like example, a natural fit for sound bars, though. Exactly, and if you start looking at that, we have the new um, one. We have a Denon, a new Denon soundbar mm-hmm. that supports that. The Heel okay. soundbar that's currently in the market supports that. Um, there was a Heel AVR that supported yes. that. Yeah. There's a there's a Polk um, um, Magnify Mix um, Max SR that comes with um, rears. So um, and uh, so for those customers that would that are normally that would be um, that would be hesitant to put rear speakers in a system um, are normally the people that would be hesitant to put a big black box and a center channel in the front of the room anyway. So we're so so we're first let's tackle those people and and give them a more immersive thing. And then if the demand becomes really high. Because anybody that's going to buy an eighty-eight hundred five, an eighty-five hundred, <laughs> is is going to put speakers in the rear. We're talking about the the person that's buying a a six forty series or right. a five forty series Denon, um, uh, which is already three four hundred five hundred dollars. Um, are they willing to pay? Every, um, are we willing to add an additional premium to the cost of that unit for that particular feature? Or would we rather take? Or if we keep it at the same price, mm. would we rather do that or add? Um, I don't know, eARC or right. something like that, <laughs> which would probably be uh, utilized more often. Well, I'll just say, you know, you're one of the few wireless speaker systems that offers a model that can be battery powered, like truly wireless. You don't even have to plug it into the wall. You can have that battery pack added onto the Heos one and... I know there are people who would appreciate that. So I'll just throw it out there. Maybe it can be passed yeah, along yeah. to the engineering <laughs> yeah, team. Yeah, so know, yeah. we've gone over time, but we're going to try and rapidly go through some last questions that are all the home theater and getting kind of nitty gritty. But I just wanted to ask anything in, that you could tell us about a model that might go beyond 13.2 speakers, because we've got the 8500, we've got your AV8805 that can do mm-hmm. 9.1.4 or 7.1.6, but anything that can mm-hmm. do 9.1.6 or maybe even more. Um, we're looking. We're, we're looking at it. Like mm. I said, the first thing is getting all those amplifiers in the box. It would be difficult. We, it was already hard enough to get thirteen channels in an eighty-five hundred. Yeah. You know, so try, trying to add trying to add um, additional channels to it would be is 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 something we're looking at. But like I said, you got to look at the, the the real estate of it all and the realist. Um, it, you'll probably it's a good chance you may see it in a in a in a in a future Marantz future piece flagship. like a pre-pro. Mm. Yeah, pre-pro because people just keep stacking amps like like me. You know. <laughs> So that that's 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 possible as well. We we are always looking um, at those um, at that particular option. If you look at the um, the receivers like the Denon and also the Pre Pro like the Big Morant, mm-hmm. you have the ability to. It has it may only have thirteen channels of application, but it may have fifteen right. sixteen outputs because you have um, outputs that you could because at um, RO3D speakers are in a different position. Yes, they are than right. Atmos speakers, <laughs> and you have the ability to redirect redirect power so yeah we're, we're looking at adding um we uh, right now the Denon is still the king of avrs yeah you know so we're still we're looking at and they're they're pretty determined to keep it that way so <laughs> so if, especially so if you look at the big guys um it is still the king um uh we are adding a um when they uh, hdmi 2.1 and hdmi uh, on the 8500 and the X and the AV8805 Marantz mm-hmm. pre-pro that will be an update. Okay. Not an update. It'll be a paid hardware. Yeah, you update. actually have to you swap send the it physical back. board, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, you will send it you, you will send it back to our um, facility in um, upstate New York, United Radio, who also does all the refurbishing. Mm-hmm. That's why we can give you the better the better warranties and stuff like that, because everything is tested and basically it's like a new piece out of the box. Um, they will go, you will send it to them. They will pull out the old board and put in a full HDMI 2.1 board, and that means 48 gigahertz and all of the different um, eARCs and very refresh rate and auto latency mode and all those other things. Um, quick, the quick mode, the quick switching, all those types of things will be added. So those two pieces will continue to live on. The old conversation about what makes a receiver outdated is its switching. And by 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 they plan that receiver from the get go because like we're talking about being ahead two years, plan looking two right. years ahead. They knew this was coming, and if you're going to build a flagship, you have to build it the internals in a way that you could uh, that 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 body and that chassis upgrade could live for on. an important new feature. Yeah. Exactly. Well, if so that, if so anybody's listening, I'm a big fan of front wides, and and please bring them back to more than just the flagship. <laughs> exactly. It's him and like one other listener. Don't listen. Exactly. To him. He also I likes will, 3D. So I will, you know. yeah, I, I will actually tell you that we didn't get a chance to talk about it. 
But the Polk SDA speakers, if you want a wide soundstage, after 25 years, we've bought, we brought those back, Stereo Dimensional Array. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that is, I'm not sure you'll see them if you look up Polk Legend. It has, uh, it, you'll see that it has actually two, looks like it has two bookshelves built into it. Because it literally right. does. It has um, two tweeters, two woofers, and then two big bass modules. What those speakers, if you want a wide soundstage, will make it sound like you have those front wides <laughs> without having to put those front wides in it. Um, it's We could have a whole um, hour conversation yep. just on that technology. <laughs> but I will tell you, if there's a listening event anywhere near you, you should go listen to them because nothing does stereo like these. Mm. This, is the, this is the best stereo you have ever, 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 ever heard in your entire life. Well, just for efficiency, so, you you mentioned how you do have your refurbishment, uh, uh, where are the partners that you work with? And uh, just to put uh-huh. people's minds at ease, because we recommend refurbished quite often, particularly mm-hmm. Denon Marantz models, uh, and just to put everyone's mind at ease that, yeah, those units are inspected, and Denon Marantz really do stand behind those. It's not some 90-day came-off-the-back-of-a-truck thing at all, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, for example, if I, if I use a piece for a trade show, when I get done with it, I send it to United Radio, okay. which is a company that does it, and they go through it and make sure that everything is correct and it functions properly, and then they rewrap it and rebox it up. Awesome. So we're pretty so so that and because and that ensures that you end up with quality. So if you can get a, if you can get a, a good deal on a refurbished piece, by all means, where we um we we go out our way to make them as um as um uh, reliable as as possible. Mm. So how can uh, people contact you, Phil? Last question here. You know, how can they uh, and you know, where can they go for more information about Sound United products? Um, I'm going to have to because uh, I was thinking about that. I could give you my email, but I get crushed by a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah, we, really, understood. <laughs> we, are, we are working on a new um, a YouTube channel. Uh, it'll be like basically Sound United training at YouTube. It'll be a YouTube channel okay. where you'll right. be able to – we're going to start putting things like how do you set up heels? How do you right. – how do you um, how do I select two point four or five gig? Um, um, how do I set up a command bar? Um, things like how do I set up IMAX enhanced? Oh, by yep. the way, because someone you guys mentioned that <laughs> the original when IMAX came out, everything was full range. Yep. Actually, it wasn't. Everything was limited to f- everything above seventy was fed to the below seventy was fed to the subwoofer. Oh, okay, that because wasn't clear in the, the manual. That's the, <laughs> that's the standard. Everything is it uses a, a certain uh, their base management directs everything that's mm. below seventy to subs, and then they apply a kind of an EQ curve. Okay, and we make uh, at Definitive Technology makes big powered towers. Yeah, and we do demos with seven with six ninety eighties. Each tower has a 12-inch sub with 12-inch passive radiators in it. We kind of want those to play bass. <laughs> so the new ones now, you have the ability to um, to now choose the bass management. Do you want it to be full range all the way right. around, or or where do you want to cross things over? Yeah. So now you have a little bit more flexibility because that's um, that was just based on the, on the types of products we make and the demands for users. And I'll bet the people who are interested in IMAX Enhanced are willing to dig through some settings, one would hope. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Ex- ex- exactly. And like I said, our goal is just to provide you with choice. And um, and then hopefully uh, it's the choice that, that, that the choices you want, so you choose our product. And of course, people well, just, can go to the uh, the website as well, right? Soundunited.com will feed out to all of the sub brands and lots yeah. of information at each of those. Exactly. Because yeah. if not, I say to go to dinner.com, morantz.com, polcadio.com, definitive.com, class you know, and that type of Somebody's going to be disappointed we didn't talk more about class A, but I'm going to be okay with that. Just let us know when your YouTube channel goes live and you guys start posting videos and we'll announce it on our podcast yes, as well. Yes, and, and I'll also have Amy provide you with – I know that we have kind of a, a Q&A um, like form mm-hmm. that we're running that if someone has um, questions, um, uh, you can ask those questions there. Awesome. Whether it's, There's a Polk form and there's a definitive form and a Morantz form. And, and I'm going to try to make a more custom-integrated technical form for those people who are more um um that want to get into the nitty-gritty yep. beyond how do i set up a how do i set up my poke assist to you know what's the best place to put my rears you know so we can All start right. we can start dealing with that stuff phil thank you Sounds great. so much for talking to us today is there anything we forgot to ask that you wanted to get out there <laughs> Um, I mean, we talked about every, we, we, we talked about everything. The main thing is, 
Um, we try um, at Den and Emirates. We try to incorporate the surround sound modes and features that are most asked for mm. by consumers, and give you the highest quality um, up with those features. We believe right. that high res streaming is something that people will want. And so whether you're listening to something um, in a passive environment using a, a Heels 1 or maybe a Heels 3, or you want to go to an active environment using a high-end Denon or Marantz um, uh, receiver integrated, we have a solution. Um, so we have the um, so we try to give you the features you want at the quality um, at, at different levels of quality for each of the customer bases. And we're always trying to look for the newest technologies. So some things I could not tell you we're going to do because I don't sure. know. <laughs> but believe me, um, if you look at our history of the Denon and Marantz brands and even the Polk and Defender brands, we are usually f- um, one of the first when it comes to implementing um, technologies that are really going to take off. Awesome. Wow. Thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to us today, Phil, and uh, have a great day. All right. Take care, guys. So that was our interview with Phil. Uh, I want to thank uh, Phil Jones, the Director of Global Training for Sound United, for coming on the podcast and uh, dealing with our technical issues. That's mm-hmm. kind of slowed us down a little bit and answering all our questions to the best of his ability. Yeah, absolutely. That was uh, we we went through a lot. I wasn't sure we were going to get through that many questions. Apologies if you sent in a question that we didn't get to verbatim or something like that. We wanted to cover as many topics as we could, and of course, cover the things that Phil himself uh, wanted to come on this podcast and talk about. So uh, right. you know, we we had a time limit on this one. It's not our uh, ridiculous two hour format that we have seemed to have landed upon doing every week and have done so for many years. So uh, yeah, that. That was fantastic. Phil was really fun to talk to. I also want to, again, thank uh, Amy Katzel, who set up the entire uh, interview for us. So a uh, big thanks to her as well. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We love talking to uh, industry insiders, give you guys a little bit of insight as to what's going on back there. It's nice to have some confirmation of the things we've been saying. At the same time, you know, you could see, you could hear, I mean, he had a very different system than anybody on this podcast <laughs> does. You know, the that Wilson different? speakers... Wilson different? speakers are a little bit, yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of amps, a lot of <laughs> zones. What does he say, like 8, 32? I can't I remember. I thought he something. said he had 11 zones total. Lots of zones. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it's nice to hear some confirmation and to be corrected a little bit. You know, we, right. we were corrected on a couple of things that we were incorrect about, and that's great. That's what this podcast is about. It's about learning, and sometimes we learn things too. We're not oh, just yeah. about teachers. We're constant students. So again, let's uh, thank uh, Phil and Amy for getting this whole thing going, and I uh, really appreciate it. But if you want your podcast, your uh, yeah, if you want your podcast, then start a podcast. Yeah. If you would like your question answered on this podcast, all you have to do is ask by emailing us at question at avrant.com. For Avery Rant, I'm Tom Andrew. And I'm Rob H. Now go out and listen to something. <laughs> <laughs>